Hello and welcome to Britpop Banter, episode 3. Uh, my name is Kevin Dodd, I'm here with Leslie Martin. Hi. Hello. Hello. How's your sunburn? Better. Heaps better. Look at me now, I look brilliant. <sighs> you can't even tell you've been sunburned. No. And you were so burnt, it was, it was crazy. Scottish skin is renowned for taking a good tan. Um, So we're sitting in in Leslie's house at the moment In beautiful aircon Which you may hear in the background We need it It's 37 degrees in in Sydney at the moment Gorgeous summer day Um, Before we go any further A couple of plugs here We've got at Britpop Bantar uh, On Facebook and Twitter And if you want to email us Email us at BritpopBantar um, At gmail.com uh, we're a couple of episodes in now. This is episode three. Yep. And um, how do you think the Screamadelica episode went? <laughs> I think it went really well because I bet when I left your house that day you put the album on and had a bit of a boogie. Well, you were wrong okay. with that. Um, <sighs> i tell you what, though. I did, and I, 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 knew, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I put it on today. Right? Cause I was, I'm never going to listen to it again, Liz. Oh, no. I was going through... well. The funniest thing is, uh, I turned it off after track two. And I thought, ah, maybe I'll go back and I'll appreciate it a bit more. And I didn't know what to listen to. And so um, I went back and listened to it and I went, yeah, no, no, sorry. Moved on very quickly. But you know what? I think great episode. I enjoyed uh, the banter. And I do appreciate that album a lot more than what I did when we went into that episode. And that's down to you. So converted me somewhat. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and this is just the beginning mm, Okay, well I think the tables will be turned on this episode a little bit Because mm. obviously last week we had Scream of Delica This week uh, at number 49 is Dubstar with Disgraceful Yes, which I said at the end of last the last episode Whether you can convince me that this is actually really Britpop I can do that and okay. I'll get to that in a second I'll get to our homework because we both had sets of homework and I know who done theirs so uh, before we go I I can see your uh, handwriting I guess that's what that is scribbles nonsense I don't know I think it's the writings of a genius that's yeah that figures right um, so disclaimer just before we go on and talk about um, Dubstar all views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own and while we poke fun at some bands and artists we appreciate and respect their talent and sacrifice to create the albums so we do. We do. So even though I bagged out Scream of Delica a bit last week, um, I still appreciate the fact that they created it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so a couple of, of call-outs from last week that we missed. Uh, I didn't name the Crystal Method album that I raved so highly about. It seems to be a habit of mine to forget the name of the albums. I just get too excited. Um, it was The Trip Home. Brilliant album. Um, I had some homework... Um, you talked to me about Jesus and the Mary Chain. Yep. I went and listened to them. So um, I didn't know that the two bands were related through um, Billy Gillespie. So I went back and actually... Bobby. Bobby. I apologise. See, there you go. Um, I went back and listened to Jesus and the Mary Chain. And the first band, uh, first album, Cycle Candy. It's a weird, crazy album. It's pretty full on. However, I will say that Darklands and Automatic was quite good. Big difference between that. Mm. Did you read about... How much do you know about them? Not a great deal. From like, East Kilbride? Yeah. I know, it's crazy. 
Yeah, Scottish band. Yeah. Um... And I saw a poster today, and actually, why we'll do this while we're on the um, podcast, but I meant to do it earlier. So I was driving home. Yeah. And I saw a lamppostie with a poster that the Jesus and Mary Jane are playing at Sydney Opera House. So uh, that's actually true. I didn't know if that was like a 25-year-old poster. No, 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 they're here here in March. Um, (laughs) My my birthday month. Do not buy me tickets to that. I am not going. Um, Means we could go and meet Bobby. We could play him the podcast. No. You could tell him over a beer how much you love them. Screamy Delica. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the band would actually play facing the audience. Because from what I heard, their gigs were a bit insane. And um, sometimes when they were a bit upset or angry or didn't want to go on stage or whatever, they would play with their backs to the audience. Pretty full on. And so the audience, quite rightly, would get upset, start throwing things, and then it would kick off, and then there'd be fights. So they, um, according, allegedly, uh, you know, to some of their um, sort of web pages and, and sort of articles about them, they got banned from a stack of venues because they just constantly kicked off fights you can't be doing that it's at the opera house you can't be doing it at the opera house you should be coming out in your sunday best at the opera 100%. house uh, so that was one bit of homework so i did go away and listen to them uh the other one which i'm really kind of embarrassed about and i owe everyone a massive apology can you remember what my hoo-ha was last last episode um okay i'll fill you in uh mark Bolin and t-rex yeah, what was that yeah i don't know what that was I don't know, I think the Mark Boland threw me off and maybe I'd been, I had a couple of beers since then. You can't keep blaming the beers, Kev. I will, I will. Um, so I am really embarrassed and I apologise to everyone. I didn't realise uh, that they were behind some of those anthems, I guess you would call them. So um, Can you sing your favourite to us, please, just as a punishment? Uh no, because the one... I'm looking at this list now. I mean, obviously, they did get it on. And, Could you um, sing that, please? No, nope, nope, not doing that. No, you have to now. But, you have to fairness, sing it. they did I Love to Boogie as well. I Love to Boogie. Uh, whatever it goes like. Isn't that an advert as get well? Get it on. Yeah, a great song. Yeah. But they did the, quite a few of the songs I actually recognised on a way. I've wrote down in capital letters, Oh my God, apologise. Because that was pretty shocking. That was. To be fair, I don't think they were in my dad's record collection. Well, no, because you had to go between right side Fred and Scooter. So. Oh. <laughs> he had those on cassette. Thank you. Um, the He was into a guy called Rory Gallagher, which I'm sure you've heard. Mm-hmm. Loved Rory Gallagher, which I'm surprised because T-Rex kind of have that same sound to them. So I don't know why. Maybe he was just too down with Rory Gallagher. But I apologise. I'm sincerely sorry. One piece of homework I, I have to do as well is the piece around Dubstar. And why they're Britpop. Um, you had some homework too, though? What was that? You were supposed to review all the albums that I did over the last year and a half from Britpop bands? Yeah. So I have done Dubstar 1. Okay, talk to me about that. Um, which is quite timely, because that's today's album. It is. Uh, I actually were pleasantly surprised. I actually quite really liked that, actually. It's a good album. Um, my rating would be 7. 7? Not a six and a half. No, seven. That means you like like it and then like it a little bit more. Yep. So I'm happy with that because I think I gave it an eight or an eight and a half, um, which is our sort of scale for you liking an album and then me liking an album. It's about a point difference. But that album, I really like it and it's just a nice, easy, pleasant, nice album. I, mm. I just I really enjoy it. So I'm glad that you actually went back and listened to it and you like it. Did you do any of those? Embrace. Oh, love is all you need. Yep. And? 
Eight. Eight? Mm. Only eight? Yeah. So wait... Ah, why? What's, um... Because I feel... Eight is good. I mean, let's get this right. Eight on your rating scale oh, it's is, is up there. Absolutely right. And I gave it, what, a nine and a half? And I can't I mean, even that's remember... Outrageous. I can't even remember why I deducted the half a point. But I remember listening to that album and just being blown away, which is why it got such a high, high rating. What was your thinking behind the eight? I think because it isn't as good as The Good Will Out, and I know I'm certain I gave that more than an eight. So yeah, that I, I had to think about there. I was thinking about this. You can't, but it's different analytic. albums, different times. Yeah, I don't know. It's a completely different sounding album. But then I think, well, but I think about the albums that I give higher than an eight. Yes. And they're exceptional. Yes. This is a great album. It yes. isn't exceptional. Okay. So I just don't hand out point fives willy nilly like you do. That's the difference. Says the six point five lady in the corner. <laughs> uh I, I'm glad, look, you know what? That shows me I'm in the right, I liked, because I said that the last year, year and a half was a good year for music. Uh, I I think I rated probably some of them a bit higher because I, I just was so enthusiastic about some of the band's returns. But you're not that far behind me on two of those albums, which is pretty good. Um, keep going through the list. And yeah. what we'll do is we'll cover them off every sort of episode and see how you go. Um, My next one's Paul Draper. Oh, spooky action. Yeah. I'm excited for you to hear that. Um, I can't wait to talk at Manson, hopefully at some point, because you know they're my favourite band, and I'd love to sort of talk about him in a, a little bit more detail. But I, this is this is a good album for me. Don't know why it took so long, obviously, but it's a good album. I think Manson fans would be happy with that. Album. I look forward to it. So that's good. Um, Dubstar, are they Britpop? Mm. Well, yes, they are. I mean... Uh, the f- so I've got a couple of things to throw at you to sort of prove it, but it wasn't actually that much needed, I feel. We just came off the back of a Scream of Delica episode for once. for like, And that's obviously, are they Britpop, are they not? And then you challenged me with Dubstar, which I clearly are. Um, so let me, let me throw some things at you. They're on the Wikipedia list of Britpop musicians. Now granted, Wikipedia, you can edit any time. They may have chucked themselves on that list. Well, I get it. They're on the definitive Britpop list on Spotify. Okay, maybe, maybe. Okay, okay. okay yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, they, I looked at some recent articles. They're on the uh, NME, done an article, Britpop bands, where are they now on Dubstar? Uh, BBC done an article on the female stars of Britpop. Dubstar were clearly uh, listed. Um, they, I want to, I, I can't wait to discuss this with you. Um, there is an online newspaper that I found called... Broward Palm Beach New Times, right? So I not, read that. You're kidding me, you read it too? I read it, yeah. Yes! Did you read the top 20 bands? Yes. Okay, so our listeners obviously don't know what, what this is. So I, while I was going down my Dubstar... It's uh, a local paper in South Florida. Yeah, but listen to... So they rank, this person ranked the top 20 bands. And he's actually picked some pretty obscure bands. And I'm like... I like this guy, right? So let me give you them uh, in an order. Number 20, Long Pigs. Yeah. Okay, she said, great song. Uh, That's where it ends, yeah. Um, uh, 19, Dubstar. Okay, Yeah. all right. 18, Kula Shaker. Oh, yes, you can't, <coughs> you can't make that noise every time you hear that. I can that's and just, I will. It's not even a word, it's just a noise. It's because all I've got. Right. 17 blue tones. 
So that was good to see them Love on that list. Yeah, I exactly. hope they're on our list. Maybe, who knows. Uh, 16, Sleeper. 15, Manson. Number 14, McCallum and Butler. So he slipped that one album in. I, I just... And we'll, hopefully we'll talk. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But they will definitely be some part of a conversation we will have. Okay. Because I'd love to talk about McCallum and Butler in more detail. Uh, number 13, Gene. We talked about Gene last uh, in our first episode around how they surprised us. Number 12, the Boo Radleys. Well, he's off his head. Okay, great. Uh, number 11, Charlatans. Number 10, Black Grape. Number 9, Verve. Number 8, Paul Weller. Oh, yeah. So he is naming some pretty good bands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number 7, Super Furry Animals. Number 7 for Super Furry Animals is pushing it. Ahead of Paul Weller as well. Oof, already on your hit list. Uh, number six, Oasis. Number six, number Oasis. Six. I can't listen to the rest of this. Well, you want to hear what's the the five ahead of them? Uh, number five, Elastica. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're going a bit red again. Is that yeah. sun on you? No, it's just coming back. It's just flaring up again. Yeah, flaring up. Uh, you ready for number four? Because I can see <sighs> number four, Supergrass. Supergrass, better than Oasis. I'm going to reach out to this guy. Oh. I want to talk to him. Hmm. Number three, Suede. Number two, Blur. Number one. Can I guess? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Let me. Because he's been pretty out there with some of his picks. Yeah, but let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Who's he not spoken about? Anytime now. No rush. I think Pulp. Got it in one. Well done. He's listed Pulp as number one. To be honest with you, right? So. I'm not going to go on a rant, but really, um, <laughs> <laughs> but go on. Pulp come up number one in a lot of these. They do. Things, right? That is, that and, is and true. To be honest, I understand it to a degree, right? Okay, good. Is it because he sings with a massively English accent? Mm-hmm. Is it just because of one album? Because that, I mean, really, this is hardcore. Is not great. Different class, is that what we're basing this whole on? Oh, we are the best band in Britpop because of one album versus X amount by... And to be fair, you know I prefer Oasis over Blur. Of course. But to me, Blur still contributed to that scene a heap more. Actually, yeah, I can... And some of the other bands. I actually agree to that. So it's like, I feel that I get annoyed because I'm not going to deny that Different Class is a good album. I feel I probably gave it over a seven. Well, I definitely gave it over 6.5. I think, you, if I remember rightly, you changed your view on that album a few times because you were conflicted. I am conflicted. And because, I think it was because sometimes you get a view, and this is my opinion, you get a view in your mind of the band and you just go, well, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and the album gets written off with the band. <laughs> and so then sometimes you have to go back and you go, well, actually, let me look at the album again. And, and then you sort So I think with Pulp... You changed your view a few times. No, and I'll take that. And I think sometimes... You I... did give it a high rating. So which means that you did like the album. No, it's a good album. It's a good album. It's not my favourite Britpop album. Would I listen to it? I suppose I would. Mm. But this whole, oh, they're the best Britpop band ever, I don't... I think I, I can understand I that. I struggle with I that. Can, I can see your, your, your point. And their view. contribution to it. But I just don't... I Apart can't... from jumping on stage... Oh, I, Michael Jackson. Talk, I cannot wait to talk I about mean, that. I mean, that's a huge contribution, to be fair. If you have not seen that YouTube clip, it is out there. I watched it, I think, about a couple of weeks ago. It is still fantastic. It's uh, Michael Jackson at the Brits. Earth Song. Earth Song. Lots of people on stage. Lots of kids on the stage. 
and Jarvis just gets on. Because he's got a god complex. It's bizarre. It's he's got every right to do that. It's a very very weird, and he's. I just go and stop. Go and watch it now and come back to us because yeah. it's it's brilliant. I can't wait to talk about that in more detail. Um, are you finished on your pulp rant? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, I just felt to get it off my chest. Right. Feel okay. better now. You do. You've, your colours died down yeah, a bit. Yeah. Good. Uh, can we talk about the Mercury Prize Award for a bit? Yeah, let's. Um, and the reason being is we sort of questioned. Uh, we looked at their their nineties uh, award winners and we sort of questioned why the M people were on there and then. We sort of wondered, well, how does the panel set up? How does it work? And so I sort of digged a little bit into that. So um, so to qualify to be nominated, uh, it's just any album released by a British or Irish uh, artist. Um, it's basically, you've got to have 50% of your band at least in that category, right, to qualify, okay. right? Yep. Uh, their record label submits them to the panel, right? So it's not um, voted by me, you, it's the record label sends it straight to the, the Mercury Prize. Uh, it's shortlisted by an independent panel of musicians, music presenters, music producers, music journals, festival organisers, and other people in the music industry. Um, do you know, and take a guess, mm-hmm. how much you win for that award? It's got to be a lot of money, right? Mm, it's one of these independent awards, about £100,000? It's less. Is it really? Mm-hmm. It's 25 grand. 25 grand? So last year, 25,000, right? So it doesn't, so it's, I guess it is a lot of money um, to maybe a, a new band um, with their first album gets picked up. But the big money is the amount of publicity they get through winning the award. Yeah, absolutely. So if I give you an example, Elbow, Seldom Seen Kid, great album. Great uh, album. The day after they got announced as winners, their sales went up by 450%. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some albums I was reading they go up to like a thousand percent increase in sales just by winning that award. So it's it's you know obviously the prize money helps. Uh, it's the publicity you get and then the additional revenue through uh, just having that band. I think they get a little thing on their album as well, right? I've been guilty of that. I've um, bought what do you mean? a scene as soon as a band wins the Mercury Music Prize. What'd you buy? Do you remember? Yeah, Anthony and the Johnsons. Who? <laughs> I'm a bird now. I, if I go and listen to that, I take that's your homework for next. No, oh, this will be hilarious. Anthony and the Who? Anthony and the Johnsons. I'm a bird now, or I'm sure that's what it's called. Go, you, Kev. You have to listen to this before we do the next one. Okay, Anthony and the Johnsons. Yeah. <laughs> you bought that album because yep. it had the little sticker. No, I because no because I found out it was in the news mm-hmm. and it won. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, I bought it. And listened to it before... Well, I bought it before I'd even listened to it. Oh, you bought an album without listening to it? Did you take it back? I knew one song, and I thought, oh, I quite like that song. And then it won the award, and I had looked through time that most of the albums are quite good. So what then I went... That? Oh. Really? I'd hazard a guess. It's 2000s. Like... So what did you do with the album? Still got it? Yeah. It's not bad. Like you just you're looking at me as if you're like Kevin, you need to listen to you this because you please. just want to see. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, all right, so that was sort of the wrap up on on last week. Um, what we've been doing sort of each couple of episodes is throwing bands at each other and get a one liner. I thought we'd keep that going. Yeah. Um, I've realised I've just stole that idea from you. So it was your idea, not mine. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> that was my idea. Of course it was. Hands it's... up. It was Les's idea there to keep go. us going. So it's your turn. 
I'm going to throw three bands at you. You were really, really nice to me last week. You gave me three bands that I actually really like. Um, I haven't picked any bands. So uh, let's, let me look at this list. So these are every single band that is in our sort of... We've listened to their albums and all that sort of stuff to, to put into this top 50. Les, let's throw someone at you. Let's throw someone that you probably... not on your, Let's go Ultrasound. Ultrasound. Not a lot of people are going to know these guys, right? Stay Young. Stay Young. Great talk song. Me, talk to me about Stay Young. So it's a belter of a song. It's one of my favourite songs. I don't know what happened to them. If anyone knows what happened to Ultrasound, if they're still kicking around. Yeah, and, they're still going. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're quite a hard band to sort of research or dig into. So um, I doubt they're in the top 50. Who knows? Can't I stop? You, can't, you keep giving me leading questions and I keep giving you the wall. Yeah. He'll uh, break, people. He'll break. Yeah, maybe I will. All right. So let's go for a second one. Let's go for uh, spiritualized. Spiritualized, mm, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Do you remember how much I got hammered with us at school? Like loads. Like loads. It was. Do you know what it was? It was one of those albums I wanted to like because everyone liked, mm-hmm. and I could never really like. And we'd listen to it over and over to try, well, to try and like it. But, um, I'm like, I don't dislike it. I just didn't get the hype around that album, to be honest. Okay. I agree 100% with what you just said. So you're to take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> it got hammered at school. Uh, I don't think I owned the album, but I remember getting played non-stop. And um, I couldn't get into it then, and I still can't get into it now. So you know how Char- remember Charlie from last episode Charlie, Charlie OST Charlie OST my man he took Screamadelica back and exchanged it for Ladies and Gentlemen right remember he said that yeah. um, I probably would prefer Screamadelica over Ladies and Gentlemen so I wouldn't have returned it oh big call that's a big call right that's how that that album sits for me because at least there's some songs on the Screamadelica album that I genuinely love. And, and can get into oh, I just can't get into spiritualized that much no last one I'll give you a good one to end on let's go hurricane number one oh, hurricane number one um, great first album tremendous absolutely wore that cassette to death <laughs> <laughs> um, loved it Andy Bell then went on to be an oasis yeah he did mm. they all sort of broke up and went into quite yeah. strong bands yeah but great, like, I think for me, they are one of the ones that stand out in my head when I think about Britpop in that time of my life. Mm-hmm. And that album... Brilliant oh, album. great album. Brilliant. I totally agree with I you. I really, really hope that's in the top 50. Again, <gasps> that wall yeah. is up. Um, I'll tell you something. They... I totally blinked. I think they when they released their second album, the Only the Strongest, um, it came out at the end of the decade. I was in, in the country, I think, when it came out. And so through this whole process... We got to listen to it again, and it's a good album. Totally different album, but it's it's really good. Um, so I'm exactly the same with you. Hurricane number one means a lot, means a lot to me as well. So there are three. I give you three not bad That's ones. Not bad. Thank you. I'm not that bad I mean, the anymore. first time was terrible. Top uh, loader, I, Terror Vision. I'm I gave still you, scarred. I'm still scarred. I gave you some shockers. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you did. I, I'll admit to that. All right, you ready? We're almost half an hour in. Let's talk about Dubstar. Let's talk about Dubstar. Uh, so number forty nine. Dubstar, disgraceful. Have I convinced you that they're Britpop? Yes, you have. Excellent. Good. Well, That's... you have, but then I was thinking about this earlier, 
and they remind me of Erasure. Why? I don't know. I'll tell you what, a funny thing though, oh my god, I was reading a, an old article from 1996 and uh, Dubstar were supporting Erasure. Supporting them. Whoa. Whoa. Why do they remind you of them? I don't know, it's just that sort of like synthy, mm-hmm. poppy mm-hmm. type beat. I can get that. Would you say Erasure's Britpop? No. Mm. No, I think they're a little bit too far out into the to the electronic side of things. Yep. They would be like the... You wouldn't put Pet Shop Boys in a Britpop. They're sort of that genre, I feel. Yeah, you put them in a bin. <laughs> um. <laughs> Lucky we're not talking about the Pet Shop Boys. All right, so let's talk about this album finally. Uh, ha- have you looked at the album cover, Leslie? Yes, I have. <laughs> And that's how mature we are. <laughs> it's a pencil case. It's yeah. So the it's actually two covers. Uh, the first one is a pencil case, which, if you do not know what we're talking about, uh, have a look at it. It's I'm trying to be really nice about this. Do you want to say it? We'll put it on our. Um, we'll put it on our, page. Yeah, have a look at and it. We can, you can have um, a look. It's a very descriptive, suggestive image. Yes. Yeah, Let's just a, do that. It's like a purple pencil case with a smaller pink pencil case in the middle of it. Yeah. Now, they got in trouble over this. Yeah. So I was reading that Woolworths banned it, apparently. Did they? Yeah. So they've reissued it. Um, but it's a, it's a set of... Sl- it's a slipper oh, of it? a bunny. But it's still pretty much got the same look at it. So it's, it's, they've sort of replaced one image of the pencil case to the, the bunny slipper. It's exactly the same. Mm. You get it straight away when you look at it. Um, it's a sort of iconic cover. Like, once you see it, you can't... It's like a 3D image. Remember those at school? Yes. Once you see the dolphin, you can never unsee the dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is their debut album. It was released on the 8th of October, 1995. Uh, they had a couple of albums after it uh, in the 90s. They had Goodbye, uh, which charted at number 18. It actually charted better than Disgraceful, which I found... I don't understand that. Maybe it was... And we'll talk about the charts at that time, what was in there. But um, I feel that this is the better album of the two. But do you not find... I think I've covered this off before. The first album a band releases... Yes, is they, right. they move... That's the first release. And yeah, people are not too sure. Good point. Then they like it. Second yeah. album comes out. Bang. I'm going to buy that because I know who the band is. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, the label... So uh, they were with Food Records, which is uh, a small sort of division of EMI. Home to Blur, Idlewild, Supernaturals, and Jesus Jones. Idlewild. I like them. Okay. Scotch band. Yeah, I know. And uh, to be honest, not on my radar. Okay. Not never sort of gone down there. Produced with Stephen Haig. He's also done New Order, Pet Shop Boys. We just talked about the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> and Jimmy Somerville. Jimmy Somerville. There you go. So oh. you actually. You might be onto something because if you, you. New Order, Pet Shop Boys, and Jimmy Somerville, right? They partnered with Erasure to do a tour. I can see how they're, they've got one foot and then they've got one foot in Britpop. So I can see where you're yeah. coming from. But just I, one foot. Just one foot. Not both feet. Not just one foot. It's a, that bunny slipper in one <laughs> yep. and the pencil case in the other. Um, it's 11 tracks, 43 minutes. So remember when we talked about Screamadelica and what did I say? It was like 65 minutes? Yeah. This, 43 minutes. And you breeze through it, right? There's no point in it that you go, oh, yeah. that song's going on a bit, isn't it? All relatively short, quick moving, fast-paced. 
so they got to number 30. They spent roughly half a year in the, in the charts, 23 weeks. Uh, do you want to know what was in the charts? This yeah. is one of my, turned out to be one of my favorite bits, okay? Um, let me ask you this before I get into the charts and just while I remember. I looked at our list of uh, bands or our artists. How many do you think are females? How many do you think have female leads without looking oh. at notes? So say we're at Minimal. I'd say 10%. That's a bit hard. 14%. Okay. Do you think that's a fair representation of the music at that time? I think, yeah, it's a fair representation of what was actually happening. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, Britpop's pretty masculine. Okay. I don't think that you, you can't really... Well, you can't argue it. with it with that list. Well, no, honest, but yeah. even like it was all about, you know, big personality front men. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. It was certainly, I feel, very masculine, even the music itself yeah. and, the, yeah, and, some, and, and the way that the songs were written, I guess, some of the lyrics... Oasis especially, mm. I mean, this wasn't mm. particularly, certainly wasn't gender equality in terms of a, a genre. Yeah, and I think it's still something we're struggling with today, you know, and uh, getting the balance right of male to female artists on some festivals, for example. I know yeah. some festivals have got into loads of trouble because they don't have one female artist on there. Yes. And then you've now started to see the flip side where you have an all-female festival. So I th- still think it's... it's um, you know, tough times. Yeah. But in saying that, like looking at these, this least list of, of females, very strong uh, front women. And I actually, I find that when I, I come across an album uh, with a front female front lead, it stands out more. And yeah, it does. I, so, I sort of gravitate more to that. So um, this is what, it's this album, I really like this album because it was just something different from you know, your typical guitars, front men, yes. you know, four-piece band. It was something very unique and it stood out for me. Um, all right, so let me talk to you about what was number one at the time. I can't wait to talk to you about this. Brilliant. All right, so this is 1995. Let's talk about the albums first. What do you think was, and we're talking, what did I say, October 95? What do you think was uh, number one? What are you feeling at that time? What's the story? No, not... I can see where you're going with this, but no. It's not in the top ten at this time. Let me tell... Oh, I'm wrong. Well, that's... <laughs> Standard. <laughs> you're wrong. I'm completely wrong. You. It's absolutely in there. Let me tell you, and I apologise, I was looking at the singles, not the albums. Let me tell you what was in the top ten albums. Yeah. All right? KD Lang, All You Can Eat, at number ten. Number nine, <laughs> picture this by Wet Wet Wet. <laughs> Brilliant. Number eight, one of your favourite bands, uh, and I don't want to dwell on this because you're going around, uh, Insomniac by Green Day. Yep, deep sigh there. Brilliant. Blur, The Great Escape. Was that then, 95? That was, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Bolton's uh, Greatest Hits. <laughs> Does it feel like Michael Bolton's always in the charts? It sort of feels like when, he's, <laughs> when you see his face in the charts, you just expect him to be How there. How can we be lovers if we can't be friends? We've got half an hour in the <laughs> singing. It's always at this point. It's my favourite Michael Bolton This is people's song. least favourite segment because you ruin it. Uh, you've, one of your top albums of all time, Paul Weller, Stanley Road, number five. Wow, great album, yeah. love it. Yeah, uh, Daydream by Mariah Carey. 
please don't know any songs on that album. You do, don't you? You look like you're going to What do you know off that album? I owned that album. Did you? Yep. How can you come at me so much yep. when you own a Mariah I Carey album? I got given it for Christmas. Did you, did you return it? No, my mum, because it was a present. Did you play it? But I might have done. <laughs> what did it have on I it? I can't remember now. It had, um... Oh, God, let's skip past this. Yeah, I can't remember. You ready? Okay. Uh, number three was Janet Jackson, Design of a Decade. Yep. Okay. Number two, my mistake, uh, What's the Story, Morning Glory? Number one, uh, and it had actually kicked What's the Story off number one the week before, it's my boy, Simply Red, with the Life album. Oh. <laughs> yeah! Is that the album of Fairground It Jackson? is. Oh, it is. No. One of my favourite songs ever. Oh, it what? is. Oh, I have on vinyl all the remix of that as well. It's brilliant. Love the fun coming Stop. home to you. It's a great song. Yeah. Again, I like, again, you, you're picking on them. But uh, if you like that song, send me an email. Yeah, please Tweet do. us, please. Give me someone, anyone. Yeah. Um, I'd all right. to see that. Do you want to know what was number one in, in the, the singles chart? Let me start at number 10. Yeah. Because I think we'll have some fun with this as well. Uh, Louise, Light of My Life. Is that the Louise from All Saints? Is that? Uh, the one, yeah, married to Jamie Redknapp. Jamie Redknapp. Yeah. All Saints had split up by 1995. You were a fan of All Saints. Don't even play coy with me. That's not. I really wasn't. <laughs> no, no. I was purely an Eternal girl, not an All Saints. I was. All right. Okay. I don't know. No, I... she was an Eternal. Who, Louise? Yes. Okay. Was she? Yeah, she was. Let's just. That's not what we're here to discuss. No, it's not. That's our homework for next week. <laughs> to figure out who these people are. Uh, we've got Mariah Carey, Fantasy. Ah, I love that one. Do you know that? Yeah, of course. I don't. Great song. Okay. Uh, number eight is a banger. Highest State of Consciousness by Joshua. Oh, Bang! It's a great song. Great song. I can't sing that one. Uh, Michael Jackson, You Are Not Alone. You're going to leave that alone, aren't you? All right. Yeah, okay. Number six alone. was Miss Shapes, Sorry for Ease and Whiz. That's a good song. And it was. Did it make number one? It didn't make number one. It only got to number two. Uh, here we go Eternal Power of a Woman. So what I'll do is I'll I'll take some homework and figure out who that Louise was and which one she was in. I bet you someone's already going. I'll just quickly do. Okay, you check it while I read these out. Uh, Number four, can you sing this? It's Shaggy Boombastic. I'm with the Boombastic (laughs) Dirty. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting that. I would just the polite way would have gone. Nah, Kev can't do it. But you, you, yeah, okay. <laughs> Number three, and this shows you. I, I don't know. I don't know why this is in there. Who the f is Alice by Smokey featuring Roy Chubby? Oh, that was hideous. That was hideous. Oh, but it was in the charts for ages. Eternal, boom. Well done. So, so Louise was from Eternal, even though Eternal had released the song, so they were both in the chart together. She might have left oh, by then. Oh, she might have left she, by she then. She did leave. There's three ladies in the picture. and She left after the first album, which is beautiful. People are riveted by our talk of it. Always and Forever was one of the... Okay, cool. Yeah. So you got Roy Chubby Brown at number three. He was already in the charts. Uh, he was in the charts for 16 weeks with that song. Def Leppard at number two, When Love and Hate Collide. Oh, God. You ready for number one? Yeah. Simply Red and Fairground. Oh, what? <laughs> That's why the minute I was doing my research and I came across that, I went, yes. 
Okay. Finished? Yep. Okay. So let's talk about Dubstar, but you've got some notes, mm-hmm. which look like nonsense to me. Uh, let me go through mine. So Dubstar, like I mentioned, this is our debut uh, album. They are a three-piece from Newcastle. Uh, they started with Steve Hillier and Chris, Chris Wilkie. They had a band, it was a two-piece called The Jones. And then through a mate of a mate of a mate, they got a sort of tape of Sarah Blackwood singing on it. Boom, then you get Dubstar. Right, so debut album. Uh, they recorded a few demos with their manager at the time, Graham Robinson. Uh, he came to see him at one of our shows and got them, basically signed them up. And the big break came through when one of their demos uh, found its way to Andy Ross, the boss of record label Food Records. Right. Uh, so this was debut album, as I mentioned. They recorded in a studio near Bath with Stephen Haig. He was just off recording Blurs to the End in New Order's Republic. How's, I love that book. How's that track record coming into this album? You've got to be pretty impressed. You're a new band, and straight away you start working with someone yeah, of that quality. Yeah, impressive. Uh, did you find out anything that sort of I didn't around them at the time? Um, what did I find out about them? Oh, I found something out interesting. So going back to, say, the Primal Scream influence. Oh, God. Yep. So I read an article that um, Dubstar actually mentioned Andy Weatherill was a big influence of theirs. Really? Mm. Okay. So... He's okay. about, he gets about this Andy Weatherall, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Okay. But you'd never heard of him. Never heard of him. Standard. Yeah, sure. Um, there was, like, I didn't see it, like, I, I tried to listen for it. I can hear it in the lyrics, but I read a lot about the fact that there was a Heavy Smiths influence. Okay. In terms of dubstar. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't hear it necessarily. Very different in, bands, yeah. Very different bands, but yeah. maybe in the lyrics. They do mention Morrissey in one of their songs. Okay. Um, the Day I See You Again. But, um... Lyrically, maybe. I don't really get it with the music. But yeah. there was a couple of things that I read that stated that. Yeah. So I'd be keen to know if that was the case or if anyone else knows anything about that. Um, i gotta, I got to throw this... They're a tough band to research. Um, for such a popular album, um, there's not much out there. And it might be the timing of, of the album in, you know, in, in, the, in the 90s, but... Um, and they may be quite private as well. Like there was very little interviews with them. Uh, very li- rare interviews with um, Sarah as well. Like, I mean, there's a few YouTube videos of uh, VHS recordings of them on the Richard and Judy show. But again, even then, they're only on there for a minute. Well, they must have made it then, because if you're on Richard and Judy, <laughs> it's hitting a big time. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right, so let's talk about. The songs from the album in terms of the singles that they released? Yep. Did you watch any of their videos? No. I did. All right. So, Stars uh, was actually released twice. Uh, it once uh, it went to number 40. And then a year later, uh, it went to number 15. Uh, the video is a bit weird. It's kind of the three of them opening presents. It's very colourful, very weird. I couldn't figure out what it was sort of meaning. Some people were in boxes. No idea what it meant. Uh, Anywhere uh, was released, it went to number 37. Uh, Video looks to be them in some sort of tent circus. It's a bit weird as well. Uh, Not So Manic Now is probably the one I found with the biggest theme. Uh, So Not So Manic Now went to number 15. And there's the three of them in the flat and there's various people trying to get in. It's a bit weird. Um, But it's actually, I found out, and that was that Richard and Judy (laughs) VHS on YouTube that it was about uh, a pensioner stuck in a sort of old uh, block of flats mm-hmm. and it was about 
just all these people trying to knock on his door and get his attention and all this sort of stuff. So I find that video quite good because it's just uh, Sarah in the flat and people, heaps of people coming in the door and trying to break in and stuff like that. And I can imagine what it would be like um, living in a block like that at that age that you would just feel worried about who's at the door. Yeah. Um, your favourite, the elevator song. <sighs> Deep sigh. Take it easy. Can I go on a rant or not? Uh, you can go on a rant. Yeah. Um, what is that song and what's it doing on the album? I have to agree. Do you think it's a joke? Because then I thought to myself, all right, okay, maybe they're being ironic because it does sound like you're in an elevator. Is that the whole point? Was it just an ironic song? Did they actually like it themselves? Did they actually go, you know, this is hilarious, I'm putting that on the album. This is a bit of a wind-up. Because it's terrible. It does stand out a bit on the album, not for the right reasons. It's, And I like that album. That's probably my least favourite, which is why I find that a bit bizarre because there's in my opinion, there's better songs on that album to release. Um, was that a single? That was a single. Yeah, it got to number 25. Number 25. It was the fourth single. Um, look, no. I don't think it's... A, a, we're beaten up a bit. We don't think it's horrendous. I just didn't think it was as good as the rest of the album. You obviously... I think it's horrendous. Okay, you don't like it. Um, I did like the video. The video looks like it was set in France. It's probably not. It's some sort of spy movie esque. It's movie. It's very. It's. It just. It looks very chic and very cool. But again, it doesn't match the song. But you know, they, they were the sort of four songs that released no top tens, which I was surprised about because even you think the stars Star, not getting top ten. Stars no top ten. Love not, that. Song. Not so manic now. Didn't get in the top ten either. I mean, it's a good album. I think I obviously rated it highly enough for it to be in the top fifty because I did. know the albums that we had to to cult. Yep. And I do like it. And it's certainly not an album. I'd listen to that album. It wouldn't be one that I would like want to turn off. Their new album, I particularly like. Okay. Um, I just find that, yeah, the elevator song doesn't really fit on it. I think that I struggled with the whole Britpop thing. I guess when you spoke to me about it earlier, it made a bit more sense because I didn't ever... I, I listened to this album at that time. Mm-hmm. I never put it in the same... Bracket in my head into that genre. Yeah, okay. So I think that was probably. So when I challenged you on it last week, it wasn't because I didn't like it. It was because I didn't see it in that way. Like I do think it reminds me a bit of Erasure. It's got that synth pop, and I know that. I mean, and it does. I mean, that can't be argued. I hear what you're saying about Screamadelica as well. Um, the synth in, pop is actually. I think that's how they're labelled in Wikipedia as well. They're not actually labelled as a Britpop band. Yeah. And um, I can't remember what they sort of. I, they were in, on Richard and Judy. Richard asked them what t- what t- style of music they are, and I think they went uh, electric new romantics or some sort of weird version of the music. Like it wasn't a, a yeah. genre that we both know. And I could get that, but I do think, in terms of the album, it's an enjoyable album. Mm. Apart from that one, apart from that one track, really. Okay. All right. Let's get into the album. Do you have anything else you want to add before we start sort of ducking into the album? Um, no, because I think I'll cover that off when we talk about the tracks. Okay, so let's get into the to the album itself. It's like I said, it's eleven songs. Uh, we will play you some of the songs, not all. Um, we will definitely play you "Stars," which is the the first song on the album, which goes like this. Me too. It's one of my. I don't. I, I again. I wasn't big 
Dubstar went on my radar back then. I don't, I, I, probably because same as you, I had my big bands and that was sort of it. Um, but this this song just sings to me of Britpop, and I just I, I love it. I love that song as well. Um, I'd be hard pressed to find someone who didn't. I think. If you don't like this song... Yeah, I'd be keen to see that. Send us yeah. send us an email, BritpopBanter at gmail.com, or tweet us, why don't you like the song? I'm the same with you. How can you be offended by this song? No, you can't. You can't be. Um, next song is Anywhere, uh, which goes like this. I really like this as well. It's got a really uh, old school sort of rave loop that I really like, and then yeah. into a catchy beat. Yeah. I again really like this track. Yeah. Um, next song is is a pretty big one, and I actually have the lyrics because I wanted to read them too. You already done some homework on this song, anyway. What one is it? Uh, Just a girl, she said. Uh, so this is the song. Just a girl, she said. You can't buy me and take me to bed. So tell me what did you sort of think of that song? So I think it actually ties into what we were talking about earlier in terms of, say, even women in music. Because okay. it is a song for me about um, like sexual equality, okay. gender equality, yep. for sure. I'd love to know who she's singing it to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's some of the lyrics, um, and I've got them here, so... It's a very, very quickly I'll run through them. So, it's all right, I'm just a girl, she said. Take, uh, talk down to me and take me to bed. I don't think I can feel and I don't really matter at all. Kiss me in the darkness, turn out the light, pretend you're with someone else tonight. You don't think, uh, you don't feel and I don't understand why I'm the person who speaks. I'm a person who thinks, but, I, but you hope I'll forget as you ply me with drinks and you cannot buy me and you cannot use me, but I know that you want to try. It's pretty... Yes. Serious writing. Mm. Um, look, I've got. I mean, that's great writing. Um, it's obviously a really strong song. Um, it's a really. It's. It feels like a really nice and gentle song. Like it's quite nice. And then when you actually sort of dig into the lyrics a bit, you go, oh, "That's yeah. kind of got some sort of dark meaning to it." Yeah. But um, great song. Elevator song. Uh, just move on. Yeah, we're not going to play that. That's uh, that's. Not Maybe one. we should. I think people just need to hear it if they haven't heard it. If you haven't heard the elevator song, here you go. Look, it's not bad. It's just, it just when you and that's the problem. I think three great songs, right? Um, kicking off the album and then you move into the elevator song maybe that's why it's just not as strong and doesn't stand out as much uh, we'll skip through the next couple of songs The Day I See You Again excellent nice song again I love that song oh you do mm. okay anything stand out to you about it well that's the one when she actually mentions Morrissey in, in the lyrics ah, okay. they mention it but I just I actually think that's one of my favourites on the album ah yeah okay uh, I guess I'll have to play it then Uh, 
next one, Weekend Week Out. Uh, I've gone, all right. I like the little rave synth in there. Uh, we're not going to play you that one, but it's, again, really nice. Uh, and then you've got the all-time classic of Not So Manic Now. Yeah, um, great. Absolute great song. Uh, this is it. I'm not so I just think it still holds up today. I think what about I do, I do. Um, all right, we'll skip through. We've got uh, Pop Dorian. I've gone great. Uh, nothing stands out, but it's it's a nice song. Uh, not once, not ever. Uh, my comments. Her voice sounds stunning here. Uh, just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and then now I'm going to throw to you because I know I'm going to fail sailing this. Fail saying the name of this song. Can't even say that. Can't even talk properly when I get to this because I know it's going to throw me. What's track number ten called? Since Swithin's Day. See, there. I'm no way I'm going to. That say was that. actually written by Billy Bragg. Oh, really? It's a okay. cover. Yep. So he wrote that track. I've never heard of it. What is it? Since Swithin's Day. Yeah. So it's on the July the fifteenth. Okay. All right. So um, according to folklore, okay. depending what the weather is on that day, means you're going to have either forty days of rain. Or 40 days of fair weather, basically. Is that, is that in a certain place? Yeah, UK. So anywhere on the UK, no matter where you are, that day defines 40 days. I think so. And it's in July. July 15th. The middle of so summer. It's Wednesday. So yeah. the middle of summer, it's a pretty safe bet. You're is gonna... it in the UK? <laughs> it's a pretty safe bet it's going to rain. Yeah. And not in July. July is gorgeous. How? When? What? Okay. No, I haven't been back in a while. I can see where you're going with it. What is he talking about? When was the last time I was back in the UK? Yeah, when was the last time while. you were back? It was a while. And when? How long have you lived in Australia? A long time. Yeah. So, yeah. You can't remember the beautiful summers. Okay. Um, I don't know anything else about that guy. But an interesting choice. So, um, Billy Bragg, you obviously know who he is. Yep. So, folk music, left-wing activist... Very well known for his political activity around all left-wing issues, whether it be poverty, climate change, very much against Brexit, very much against the okay. Tory government. Okay. Um, so be interested to know if that was why they chose that particular track or why he, they, they covered that one. Um, but it is, it's a Billy Bragg, Bragg track. And that is why I throw to you on... Where we go down a political road. <laughs> um, so that song, still not even going to try and attempt to say it, sounds like this. And the last song is Disgraceful, which I think is a nice way to end the album. Yeah. Um, so all in all... Is it the big belter song that you always say should end an album? I don't think I call it a nice bell. What, what's my take on it? What do I say? You say an album's got to... Oh, it's got to start really heavy, Les. It's got to come out of the blocks running. <laughs> it's got to smash it. Yeah, and then the end song? track's got to be... Oh, it's got to be beautiful. It's got to be amazing. It's got to end the whole album. I don't think I used the word thing. What, what's... Yeah, that's pretty much what you say. Is it pretty much? Pretty I'm much. Sure I... um, you're right. You're right. It's not a hurrah. Oh, we can't keep well, doing Well, it was either this. you're going to say it or I'm going to say it. But no, I, it isn't. But I, if you're, but look at the album, right? You're not going to get a song like that on an album like this, right? I don't. It'd be, it would stand way out of place if it. 
No, but wouldn't you put your best? Like you could have put your. What would you have put? They're all four minutes Because you said to songs. me, you think of that. You think of the song. An end of an album has to be something like a champagne supernova. Absolutely. Well, every band must have their own champagne supernova. Is that song theirs? That's a very good point, and you're trying to put me in a hole with uh, dubstep. Hundred percent. I got my like shovel. It. Dig, dig, dig. Uh, I stand by that view mm-hmm. that an album needs to have a belter of a song to finish on. This album doesn't have it. All right. So pick and choose. Pick <laughs> and choose. Well, just apart from every album that I like, <laughs> I think this is. I don't think you can do it on an album like this. There's but but it is their best song. Wouldn't you put your best song last? last Does that end? The, do you feel like that goes ties up the album and you're done? And you go, do you know what? That's... Moving on. Yeah. Well, what else would you have put? There's no other. There's not a, a song, in, and I think that's in some of the other albums you could look at and you go, why didn't you make that your last song? That could have been. I don't think you have one of these with the, with this album. Mm. They're all fairly solid songs. There's not... I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, there's Stars and there's Just a Girl and there's uh, Not So Manic. And they're, they're great songs. But you wouldn't go, you know what, that song's too big to be in the middle of the Would album. Would you put Not So Manic now, maybe, at the end? Well, it's a massive song for them. Would you put your biggest... Like, that's like saying put Wonderwall at the end of an album. No. You wouldn't do that. So, I, to your point, you've challenged me on the fact that this album doesn't have that big hitter final song. Yep. You are correct, right? It doesn't have that. In my opinion, this album, I, I think it would feel out of place if it did, and I don't think it needs it. Okay. You sort of walk in nice and easy and you walk out and happy. Um, all right, but overall, so let's talk about your uh, ratings. Yes. This will be interesting. Uh, the ratings itself, you, what did you give it? Oh, for, I should have known. What do you think you gave it? Seven. No. Six and a half. 6.5 design. You gave it a six and a half. Do you think you would have bumped that one up a bit, or do you think you do you think that's on the market? Well, I think no, yeah, it's fine. That's when I talk about my rating scale. <laughs> we covered it off last week. <laughs> I think that's look. It would. It was a tough one. Because what did you give Scream of Delica? You gave a seven. Didn't yeah, you? exactly. That, yeah, and you know my feelings. And you're so passionate about that album that to give this a six and a half. Yeah, okay. Um, look, I gave it a bit. I gave it a seven and a half out of ten. So I didn't of course get... you did. What, that's, what do you mean? That's You're a... very generous with your market. I, I love. What would you give stars by Simply Red? <laughs> oh, can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> that would mean you would have to listen to it too. Um, so, but that's on par. The ratings that you and me give it is probably that point apart. So we're still on par. We're still on track. I know that there are some albums we are going to talk about very soon that we're on different spectrums. And I can't wait to talk about that. Well, they should be in the top 50. <laughs> hey, it's an average. I can't, I can, you know. Yep, yep. Um, can we talk about some reviews very, very briefly yeah. um, of the album? Because we're sort of running a bit out of time now. Um, <clears throat> the worst review I could find. Um, and again, we were asking how you can take offence to Dubstar. Um, someone did, right? So this is a dude off uh, Rate Your Music called Grampus. You can sort of see the way yeah. it's going already, right? Yeah. The first thing to note about Dubstar is Sarah Blackwood's voice. She sings in a very high register like a choir boy on Helium. But even though it's not unpleasant to listen to, I've never considered her to be a good vocalist. So I'm going to pause a little bit there. I think she's got a, a brilliant voice. I right? like her voice. Her voice is brilliant. I don't, I, I don't know where this guy is, is 
he's off his rocker grampus. Um, so he sort of bags on a bit. I won't delve into it. But he still gave the album three and a half out of five. Rips it. He doesn't understand ratings. I should write to him. <laughs> well, I tell him how to rate them. <laughs> I'll give it. But that's... And that, what it, what it says is, that's the most negative thing I could find about the band, where someone complains about Sarah's voice. And he still gives the album a pretty high rating, which shows you yeah. where Dubstar fits. That's not what he's talking about. Um, Sputnik.com, and we'll go into some positive ones. In the end, Disgraceful isn't disgraceful whatsoever. It's a wonderfully consistent album with tons of great riffs and excellent, excellent lyrics. There isn't anything on this record that takes a notable downturn in quality and nothing overstays its welcome. And it's one of the greatest synth-pop albums ever. In my, one of your favourite lines, humble opinion. But what did he call it? A pop synth album. Okay, I get it, I get it. Four out of five of this boy gave it. Uh, what have I got? Shall I go through the rest? There's a few... Um, give another good one. Give you another... Okay, all right. So, uh, a dude off Amazon called By Shant. Dubstar's debut album with hauntingly beautiful singing, uh, pulsating percussion, rich textures of synths, sparkling guitars, and brilliant original songwriting should not only be regarded as a classic, but as the best album of the decade. There is not... Uh, there is not a boring moment on the album. It's irresistible from start to finish. It overall sounds like a breath of fresh air. I highly recommend 5 out of 5. That's a nice review, isn't it? Look at my face. I know, you're angry at my man Baishan. Best album yeah. of the decade. I th- I did. When I read that, I went, eh, you're reaching. He probably meant one of the best albums. And then you would have gone, eh. But he's put... Obviously, that's touched on your Oasis and Stone Roses, and you are Everything. all for them. Oh, there's loads. Um, so, have you ever seen Dubstar? Have you ever no. seen them live? I've never seen them live. I'd love to as well. Um, and we sort of talked about their new album, which we've both listened to now, and we both actually like. Yeah, I would great. love for these guys to come to Australia. We'd both, uh, we'd both go. Yeah, I'd go, for hey, sure. Hey, there's a concert we'd both go to see. Woohoo! I'm happy about that. Um, so they are very active on Twitter uh, at Dubstar UK. Uh, they're not touring, as I mentioned, but they released one, which is excellent. Please go and buy that album. It's fantastic. Uh, they're on Spotify as well. A um, couple of plugs where I got some, some content from uh, a website called Five Against Four, Low Notes and Coda um, gave me some good insights to the band. Do you think, has your opinion changed on Dubstar? And how do you feel about them being 49? I, I'm glad they're in the top 50. Good. Good, I'm glad. Um, I struggle a little... Look, I still... I understand the whole Britpop thing. I struggle a little bit, and I guess that's just because I think of the genre in a very heavy guitar, front-person-type band. They're not that. Agreed. They are more like um, Erasure, Pet Shop Boys. Mm -hmm. I don't get the Smith thing, maybe with the lyrics... I do love their lyrics though, and I did say when you asked me what Britpop was, I did talk about lyrics because they are important. You did, and I do, and I actually do listen to the lyrics of their songs. Sometimes you don't bother; you just listen to the song. But I yeah. actually genuinely do, and I think they're very well written. Um, yeah, I'm glad in the top fifteen. I'm glad we've got a chance to talk about them, and I think it's quite timely because I genuinely do love the new album. Good. I'd like to hear what everybody else thinks. I'd like people to comment on what they think about Dubstar's um, disgraceful album and also, like what Kevin said, go out and buy their new album and let us know what you think about that. Really well said. I think I liked, I think we're two for two, right, at the moment because you know how I felt about Screamadelica. Yeah. Right? 
and you sort of brought me a little bit round on them. Mm-hmm. I feel I've done the same thing with Dr. No, you have. The fact that I got you to sit down and you give this, what did we say, your favourite six and a half? <laughs> the fact that we go, that's okay, we've got a half a point off Screamadelica. And then you, you've, you've given the thumbs up to the new album. I think, I feel pretty good about this one. Oh, good. Um, do you want to know what next uh, week's episode oh, is? Oh, oh, here we go. Um, can I guess? Can you guess? I just want to guess. I just want to... Uh, Number 48. This would be less. Um, I, I think it's going to be something like... I don't think you've got like a Like a gene or... I hope they're higher, but I'm... Mm, yeah, I don't so know. So sort of band... Is that sort of... You're feeling a band on the outskirts? Yeah, like maybe a super furry animals or a, something like that. Okay, so a band that's probably not one of the major bands. Um, I... Because, I mean, let's let's face it, we've gone to Primal, Primal Screen. You're a big fan of that I'm probably not. Um, Dubstar, I'm probably a bigger fan than you. This one, I feel, is kind of where we meet in the middle. Oh! Um... Very similar ratings, but I think it's another one that our listeners are going to go, what? Um, but I really like this album, and you did too, which I'm really happy about. Um, it's James. Uh-huh. And the album is not what you think it is. It's Millionaires. Really? Yeah. So Millionaires is next week's album. I, you know what? I really like this album. It's got some brilliant songs on it. Very, and we will get into the next episode around what we think of James and why. Look Re- forward to talking about James. Really, I've got a lot to say about James. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> and we both do. And they're a band that probably went on our radar at all. And I, going back and listening to these, these are one of the bands that we both said we were surprised about. This album surprised the hell out of me because it's it's excellent. So that's next week's. Uh, send us your feedback on the Dubstar episode send us your, your opinion on what you think about the Millionaires album um, send us any opinions feedback whatever you want just put it through uh, our Twitter Facebook or BritpopBanter at gmail.com anything else to add Les? not at all good episode I enjoyed that yeah, one that too. was a good one yeah, we good. ended on a high alright thank you very much guys take care we'll see you next week bye bye